My name is Demarque Williams and this is the Radio In Colour podcast. Throughout the first series, I'll be sharing the stories of incredible people who work in radio. On today's episode, I'll be speaking to Mary Manderfield, a voiceover artist, creative and presenter on Westside Radio. And Charlotte Tahira, an award-winning presenter, DJ and radio producer who is currently producing and presenting on BBC Radio One Extra. I'll be speaking to them about their experiences within radio, their inspirations and advice for young people who find it difficult to break in. First up, I had a lovely chat with Mary Manderfield. We spoke about the people that inspired her, how she broke into the industry and the changes she'd like to see in radio. Who inspired you to get into radio? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, who inspired me? I mean, I think it's one of those things where you don't even realise who inspires you. It's just that you're so used to listening to people um, and so used to having radio as such a big part of your life um, that there's like inspiration from all different sides. Like I grew up loving listening to Trevor Nelson, um, but I also loved listening to like Chris Moyles on The Breakfast Show and growing up then I've loved having like Annie Mack and then waking up with... Dottie and having Yasmin Evans and Twin B and people like that. There was never a moment where I'm like, oh, that person makes me want to get into radio. I think it's just that it's been like such a constant thing in my life. Feeling like you've got all these people around you thinking they're your friends. You think that they know you as much as you know them. They, you know, you, you hear them every single day. So I'd say it's just like such a mix of people and just having them as like a, a constant in my life. How did you first start out? Was it at university? Was it volunteering at community or hospital radio? Or was it the untraditional path in? I didn't go to university. So I think I kind of saw when my friends went to university and like they started getting into um, like radio there. I was like, that's pretty cool. That's really interesting. But I just thought that's something I can't do because I didn't go to uni. Um, so it wasn't until a couple of years later, so when I was more like in my early 20s, that I thought, actually, I kept bumping into people and I kept talking to people and they're like, hold on, yeah, you should be on radio or you should do radio. And I was like, no, like, I don't know how you even do it. I don't even know how you get there. Um, and it just kept happening. And you know those things that you just, you can't ignore it. Um, and whether it was radio or whether it was TV, people would just say it all the time like have you thought about doing children's tv or have you thought about doing like entertainment news or things like that so I was like hold on I should actually explore this like maybe this is a kind of feasible thing um and then I kind of got involved with go think big which was like an initiative helping like young um people get into creative industries and that's when I met Swazi and I was like, oh my gosh, like this girl is like working in radio, like it's so cool. Like it just felt like it, it was more within my reach. So I kept going to these events. I kept going to so many things or like how to break into radio, like how to get into the radio industry. And I was like, okay, this is sick. And I looked up like the big companies and I looked up Global um, and I went to an event at Global. I was like, oh, this is so cool. And when I was there, um, the person kind of giving the event was giving tips on how to get jobs 
and she was like oh do you know what I'm hiring for a job at the moment and some of the applications are so are so weak so I spoke to her afterwards and I was like this job that you're hiring for you know what is it like tell me more about it so she told me all about it and it was like digital and content and I was like I could do that that's like that's cool I could do that so I applied and luckily got the job so that for me was then actually being in the building and seeing people like working in radio whether they were presenters producers you know doing content or anything else I was like this is a really cool kind of industry to be in and that definitely gave me the kind of kickstart I needed to start presenting so I started on um yeah just local radio stations like South London station um I also was on more of like an urban hip-hop station and the, the guy was trying to get me to DJ and I'm not a DJ and I was like I just want to talk um and yeah I guess it kind of just progressed from there but I've kind of run into my fair share of different radio stations now um and just trying to find what what works for me and like yeah people on the same level as me I guess do you ever get a thing where people say to you that you'd be perfect for one of the extra stations and not a mainstream station and does it annoy you a hundred percent I talk about this all the time I find it so strange like yeah I I never you know I've got such a broad taste in music and I love I love 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 like urban music I'm really into my R&B I'm really into my soul I love hip-hop I love all of that but in terms of radio and what I like playing on my show, it's such a range. Like, I love pop music as well. And, you know, I like indie. And I've never really expressed that I'd want to be on an urban station or that I'd want to be on, you know, One Extra or Capital Extra um, or even Kiss, I guess. I'm, I'm always just like, I just want to entertain people. I love doing comedy. I love talking. I love like, so I was, I was like, yeah I just find it weird it's one of those things that always gets suggested and I'll turn around to people and I'm like no I want to be on Radio 1 <laughs> and they're like okay like they just kind of give you that look Um, I don't know yeah I don't know whether people think it's more out of reach and I don't like looking at it that way because I don't see them as like add-on stations I think they hold their weight in exactly their own way like you know obviously if you look at listening figures and things like that they might not get the same reach but I think they have such an amazing, like such amazing programming and such amazing, um, you know, presenters and shows and everything like that. And I, I love listening to them um, more than really, you know, sometimes I'm listening to those stations more than I'm listening to the original ones. But I, I just think it's that assumption that, yeah, if you're black or if you're brown, that's what you want to do. That's where you should go. And those are the kinds of people you look up to when, yeah, I also really love Scott Mills and I really love, you know, I love listening to Nick Grimshaw. I love listening to Annie Mack, people like that. So yeah, I think sometimes it's people's ignorance, um, but I try not to think about it too much because I think if I did, I'd just get annoyed with them. You started presenting on Westside Radio. How did you get the gig and what was your first show like? Yeah, I mean, it's called Bringing It Black um, and it's on Tuesday night. And yeah, I, I came across Westside like years ago when I first moved to London. Um, I'd say it was maybe four years ago. I was kind of looking around, not for stations to be on, but just stations to listen to and discovered Westside. And I love listening to it. And I thought this is really cool. You know, 
loads of young people presenting um they always had like really up-to-date music you know sometimes you listen to stations and they're like here's this new track and i'm like that track was released like three months ago like i'm over it now but westside were really like had their finger on the pulse and also having that like local edge and talking about london and talking about the things that were going on around me and i was like new to the city and then yeah i i just really enjoyed listening so a kind of a couple of months went by and this is when people kept saying to me like when are you going to start presenting and I was like I don't know I don't know how to do it I don't know what it involves and I don't even know how you get started so I sent them an email and I think actually I sent them like a voice note um like I'd never had any radio experience but I was like let me just voice note as if I'm on the radio let me just you know introduce some songs and say what the time is and say what the weather is and talk about some celeb news and I just did it in a voice note it probably sounded awful um but I sent it off and the station manager Sonne was like come on in let's see if you you know if you want to do a demo so I did a demo and I had lots of feedback I had like lots to work on and I went back a few times and and you know was improving each time I was learning how to work myriad and I was learning like what what it all involved because I really just knew nothing um and then I stopped going and doing my demos I think I just got impatient I think like I had like these two sides where I had people telling me like you should be on radio and then I had people at radio being like you still need more practice and you still need more time and I you know when you're like if all these people attend me to do something how do I need more practice? Like you get a bit kind of cocky, I guess. Um, and then, you know, life takes over and I got busy and I thought, let me just put this radio thing to rest. I'll come back to it. You know, I'll, I'll come back to it when I'm better. I'll come back to it when I'm ready. And then I went over to another station and I think that's where I really got my practice in was just having to show up each week do my show and I'd be by myself, you know, there's no one there to help you, no one there to hold your hand. So every mistake I made, I was like, okay, I need to learn from it. And every time I press the wrong button, I'd be Googling like, what is that button? What does it do? Why am I pressing it? What does it mean? Um, I was so lucky to have some really good kind of mentors who worked in radio to just give me loads and loads of knowledge and to give me more resources of how I could learn. So I guess it was a whole learning experience. And then, um, yeah, then this summer, uh, Sonne got back in touch and was like, look, I've been listening to your show and I've been following what you're doing and I think um, it would be great to have you on Westside and for you to kind of curate a new show, um, a new show that appeals and talks to the black community in West London and then further afield as well. And let's work on it. So again, it was a lot more demos, a lot more practice, a lot more like fleshing out the show, like what does the show look like, you know, how's it going to go? What's the plan? Um, and I think that's the thing of starting a brand new show. It can be a bit daunting, but really exciting as well. Um, so my first show was good. I was so nervous, which is not like me, but I think that showed that it was the right thing. You know, sometimes you, you get nerves when you're like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I'm just scared. <laughs> um, but then as it's gone on, it just gets easier and easier. And I feel so much more relaxed and I think it's important to say, like, I kind of say it online, I say it on Instagram, like, when I get nervous about things, or when I get rejected, or when I feel scared about something, I'm like, I don't want to give off this persona that everything is great, I feel confident all the time, and I know exactly what I'm doing, because I definitely don't, but, you know, these things take time, and it's cool.
Do you think that people of colour should start their own radio stations rather than trying to join the big ones? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an option. And I think we're so blessed that nowadays we can start anything from scratch and it it isn't too difficult. Like, we can create logos, we can get branding, we can seek out help and advice from anywhere. Like, we're all so well connected. And I do think it's great when we have this opportunity to to speak from our side. Like, you know, we can really say exactly what we want to say and create our own rules. But I do also think we overlook a lot of initiatives or lots of programs or lots of things that have already been set up and people that are already doing really great work. And if you look around at local stations, like wherever you are in the UK, there's likely to be a local radio station that really is about what you do. Um, whether it's like an internet station or it's a DAB or whatever it is, like you'll probably find a platform that caters to you. And I think we just have to be careful to not let our egos overtake what the what the real cause is um because often we want to put our own name on it and we want to say we're the owners of this or we're the ones that started this we created this initiative when actually there might be a really similar initiative that you could put your power behind and you could put your voice to and grow in that way and yeah you might not be the ceo or you might not be the founder or you might not be the manager but if your aim is to just get your voice heard then there's definitely definitely places out out there to do it and I think we just need to communicate with each other more and and make sure we're not just always creating new things all the time like let's nurture the initiatives the platforms the stations that are already running because they've had so much work put into them already. What would be your advice for a young person who wants to break into the industry but finds it difficult? I mean definitely what inspired me was going to events and I would honestly go to events with some of like the coolest people um, on the lineup, and even like in the past couple of weeks, I've been to events where Trevor Nelson has been speaking. Um, you know, I've been to events with Reese Parkinson, and the one that I went to at Global was like Jay London from Capital Extra, and I was like, oh, it's like these people are like giving their time and and wanting to talk about what they do, and I'm like, we're so lucky that they they they're doing that, and they give so much insight, and they're like honest about it they don't they don't like sell you a dream they're so honest about what it takes um so obviously I was lucky to be able to go to lots of like in-person events um and ask questions and show up and follow up and you know I keep after you've met someone at an event you send them an email and you keep updating them with what you're doing and like don't be annoying but be real be honest with them um but then in the same breath like there's loads of really cool events still happening now obviously on zoom and you can still get involved and you can still send those emails and you can still follow up with phone calls and you can still make connections in that way so I would definitely like show up to those things and really listen and learn because young people I'm I'm including myself in this can be very cocky and be very like think we don't need this help we don't need this advice I'm just going to make it on my own and if everything has to be struggle street I say get rid of struggle street. I don't need to go down that road. I just want to work hard and, and get there. I don't think it has to be this like, this, this difficult thing of making it on your own. Like look to the people around you, take all the advice you can. We're so lucky. We're so well connected. People offer so much advice for free. Um, 
take it all on board and then just get in front of the mic and if you want to be a presenter you just have to present like there's no other way you can get better at something you just have to do it if you want to produce just start producing like offer to produce people's shows like offer to shadow people um, see anything you can do to just be helpful and to learn um, and if there's any part of the radio industry you want to be involved with you have to just go out there and do um, and if you feel like these big big companies aren't giving you the opportunity then look towards the smaller ones if the smaller ones can't give you the opportunity that's when then you can do things off your own back like do things for your mates or do things for people that are just starting out as well and you two can connect together and and see what you can create but there is no amount of advice in the world is going to make any difference if you don't actually go out there and do it um, and put it into action so i'd say like listen learn and then take action and the sooner you take action the better because you will have a kind of long journey ahead of you so you may as well just get started now what are some of the changes you would like to see being made within radio or what are the changes you've currently seen definitely the changes i'd like to see are more more diversity in the workplace not just what we see on the website or what we see in promo posters or anything like that or what we see it as the presenter lineup like it's all well and good saying you've got an urban station or you played that music or you know you even hint to that but then if you look at your staff members and you look at the person who you know is writing up the copy or the person who is doing the accounts or the person that's booking the talent and the guests if all of those people are white or they're all the same age or even if they're all men like that diversity in the station is not equal at all and it's reflected in it's reflected sometimes in like the guests you booked you're like why did you have that person like they're so off <laughs> like they're so not right why did you get them or why did you write something in a in a web article that way it just doesn't feel right and not to say we just need black voices to do these things but we do need diversity in everything in ability in age in sex in in everything so I think that's something that's really important to think about. Um, I also just think as a general public or people that listen to radio to, to be more aware of, I don't know, like up and coming presenters or people that want to present and where you would pigeonhole them, where would you put them? Like allow them to have that same freedom that their white peers may have of they can do anything. If they want to have a podcast about dating, they can do that. If they want to have a show about rock music, they can do that. Um, and yeah, just let them have that freedom. Um, and I'd say the changes that have been happening, like it's been amazing this year to see so many young people stand up for diversity in radio and to sometimes put their jobs on the line and sometimes put their names on the line for the sake of diversity but it does annoy me that a lot of these stations are run by very wealthy very very wealthy white men in their 30s 40s 50s so why are we here on the ground risking a lot and taking up time taking up energy and putting our voices out there like I put my voice out there almost every day and in return I'll get 
hateful comments i'll get horrible horrible messages um and you know that's then going to affect my day and obviously i i I do it because i think it's important i do it because i'm passionate about it but why am i there doing all this while there's a millionaire sitting in their lovely penthouse or whatever controlling multiple stations that go out to millions of people every week they're the ones that have a lot more power a lot more control and a lot more influence and i'd really love for those people to be putting their necks out there just as much um not just as an add-on not just as an extra thing they think they should do but actually at the core of their business and at the core of of media that they're putting out there and you know we're broadcasting to not only the uk but now obviously everything's online like anyone in the world could be listening and i'm like are we representing what we're what we're trying to say and if we're only appealing to young white teenage girls then i don't think we're doing a good enough job if we're only appealing to white middle-aged men i don't think we're doing a good enough job and then if you just shove another station on the side and call it the urban station i don't think we're doing a good enough job so i am obviously happy to see some changes but i really would like the people with more power more money more time more energy to also be doing just as much what a great chat that was with mary so much great advice being shared she is definitely one to watch within our industry you can catch mary on her new show bringing it black every tuesday 9 to 11 on westside radio Next up, I spoke to Charlotte Tahira about her journey into radio, becoming a teacher, what it's like being a presenter on One Extra, and why diversity is so important to her. Ooh. I don't know if a specific person inspired me. I think I was inspired by a placement I did at Hayes FM, ironically in Hayes. I never thought I'd end up back there, but at the time I was studying at Brunel, and that's what gave me like the radio bug. I always knew I wanted to do presenting, but I didn't know radio presenting was gonna be like the path I took. Um, and then once I got into radio, I would say like the really amazing figures I seen doing it was like your, um, obviously Trevor Nelson. Um, I really liked uh, some of the DJs, like there was a DJ called Casey on, on Choice FM. Uh, so a few of them listening to them made me think, yeah, this is this is great. But the initial inspiration came from like being a broadcast assistant and interviewing the public and making Vox Pops. <laughs> uh, it wasn't actually a person. How did you first start out? Was it at university? Was it, you know, at community radio, hospital radio? Or was it an untraditional path in? Yeah, my first experience was um, student radio. I had a weekly show with a friend of mine called Sho Lee, called Sho and Shah. And um, to be honest, we were just taking the mick. We were just uh, plugging in our iPod, playing some tunes and having a chat. Um, my proper, I would say, step into it was at Represent when I started broadcast assisting there and then eventually got to do some cover shows. Um, that was really fun. And that's when I thought this, I, I really want to do this. And I seen some of the DJs there at the time was like Jam Supernova, um, who's now one extra. 
and you had uh, Nicole Phoenix, who's done stuff with the beat. You had all these like young black females making great shows. Even Henry was there doing the remix cube. Um, and that's what made me think, yeah, okay, this is definitely a career. This isn't just like me plugging in my iPod and having a chat in between songs anymore. As well as being a presenter, DJ and producer, you became a teacher in 2017. What made you want to teach the next generation the all-important skills needed for a career in radio? So this came from my mentor in radio, a man called Gavin Douglas, who I literally still call now and be like, Gavin, oh, I don't know what to do. Um, and he really instilled in me that like, it, this saying called each one teach one. Um, so I started out, he was like, I think you'd be great at teaching, sharing your skills. Um, you're really relatable. And so I started out doing private training sessions at Represent and Roundhouse, which was just like really casual after school for like 14 to like, uh, I think 25 year olds, they would come and like try out the decks and try doing links. And so it was that casual kind of tutoring that then led me to think, actually I really enjoy this and it was really exciting seeing some of those students progress so like Jeremiah Asiyama was one of my students at Represent um, I've got students from the Roundhouse like Chloe who've gone on to work at Global, Mel who now has a show on Pulse 88 so it was I think for me the inspiring part was like being able to share that knowledge and then seeing them implement that knowledge into their own career journeys and, and being that kind of mentor and person to guide them, how Gavin had me and Sifa as well had, had guided me. And I think that's when I thought, it's great doing this casually part-time, like one session a week, but imagine the impact that I could have on someone if I was teaching them and interacting with them consistently, um, especially because those courses were short courses, they were only six weeks. So after that, you might not see them again ever, or you'd see them at the station. But I think with the teaching at Global Academy, what was great about it was that you get proper time with these students and time to nurture and develop their skills and get to know their personalities more. And yeah, I just thought, why not? And then I just went and did a teaching course <laughs> to get my qualifications. So before you left Global Academy, you became part of Youth's Choice and you helped to lead the station. What were some of the main things you wanted to achieve during your time at Youth's Choice? So one of my main things was um, giving a platform to voices that wouldn't normally get heard. So for example, I put Zaina, um, who currently does like the, the weekday breakfast show, She's a female, she's year 10. She had no radio experience when I gave her that show um, on air. And she was there daily. Um, she's very young. And like, I even tried to champion like um, some more ethnic groups because I, what I found was that within Global, um, a lot of the people from like Caucasian backgrounds were just like, they'd grown up doing community radio and going to like their local stations and doing hospital radio. And so they came in already with that knowledge. So I tried to like develop some of the more ethnic females specifically like Jasmine Wizard, uh, DJ Kizzy. There was um, a collective trio um, of three black females who had like a talk show. 
There was a guy, Amrit, who really wanted to do politics. So I tried to like, just push those, those presenters who, who assumed that they couldn't do radio because of the barriers in the industry. Um, and I spent a lot of time developing their show ideas, um, to helping discuss features, producing them in the studio after school. Like anyone who was there between, um, I would say that when did I go back 2018? And when I left this year, they will say I did not leave that Youth Choice Studio. Like if I wasn't teaching, I was in the Youth Choice Studio. And it paid off. We won some awards this year. Um, and we had a full, it was the first time we had a real full schedule of like shows, which was amazing to see so many more shows being pushed. Because I think when it first started, um, with you guys, with you and Andrew and everyone who really nurtured and developed the brand, there was a lot of pressure on a really small group of you. Whereas by the time I the team was like about 30 people like it was a massive team of presenters and producers and imaging and social and we really like grew that brand in that year or so you're now producing and presenting for bbc radio what was your first day like and what are the shows that you're working on oh my first day i was like a child in a candy store like for me um the BBC's always been this kind of big, scary, like far away thing. And even like my grandma, up until I got this job at the BBC, as far as she concerned, I'd been like playing around for the last seven years. <laughs> like none of the other brands that I've worked that she really takes seriously. But when I say to her, I'm on my way to the BBC, she's like, oh, yes, my friend will work for the BBC. Um, so not like that, she's Grenadian. I don't know why I did that accent. But um, yeah, it was, it was really exciting to think that I'd worked so hard and now I was at this point in my career where I had a BBC pass and I was talking to like the head of station and the editors and being around the presenters who I'd just been listening to for so long. So it was really exciting. Um, and I've managed to progress quite quickly. I started as an assistant producer and now I produce DJ Edu's Destination Africa on a Wednesday, nine till 10, little plug. And I also produce and co-host One Extra Talks on a Sunday, which has pushed me out of my comfort zone because I've always done really entertainment and music based content. So it's really nice to like be in a team where I'm learning more about politics and social issues. And yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's been a challenging year, but I feel like I've grown a lot in this year. What are some of the negative experiences you've had in the industry so far? Oh God, where do I start? <laughs> I mean, definitely rejection. I think there's this real misconception uh, working in the industry that like everything's amazing and shiny and gold because obviously on Instagram, all you see is people's highlights of what they're achieving. You don't see how many gigs they went for and got rejected. Um, and even BBC, like I, I went in to talk to uh, my editor there back in 2016 and it's in 2020 that I'm an on-air voice. Do you know what I mean? So I think rejection's a big one that if you're coming into this industry, you have to accept is just a part of it. You're not gonna get every gig you want. And that doesn't mean it's because you're not good enough. It means that 
the timing's wrong or the gig is not actually destined for you and something more appropriate is going to come along that suits you better. Um, and I, I talked about this recently on a panel, just being yourself, like being unapologetically yourself, because I think it's so easy when you are in this industry to like compare yourself to others and watch what everyone else is doing and try and be that way, thinking that that's the way to be successful if you act more like this or that. But actually, um, this year has been, as I said, like one of my biggest growth years. And I've been the most true to myself this year than I think ever in my career, as far as the content I'm making, as far as like the, the kind of tone I'm putting out and the energy I'm putting out. Like it's just very real. And I think when you're not being true to yourself and you're trying to do something gimmicky or something um, that you've kind of seen someone else doing, thinking it will work for you, people can see through that. And I mean, if you are very gimmicky, like uh, Munya, he's amazing, he's funny, but that's him being himself, that's part of his character. Don't try be the next Munya, don't try be the next Maya Jama, don't try be the next Snoochie Shy, like just be you and that's what's gonna get you though that work that you want what would be your advice for a young person who wants to break into the industry but finds it quite difficult um there's two things i would say so one is uh do like know your job first of all like I'm, what really frustrates me i think about the new generation of presenters is they wake up one day and decide i'm gonna be a presenter and like especially I mean if you just want to do little bits on your socials fine but there's such a craft to radio presenting that like I said I didn't learn for a long time like I was just thought it was putting your iPod and have a chat um so so know the role that you're trying to get into whether that's tv whether that's radio whether that's online research that role um and while you're researching that role look at people who are doing similar things and start to build your network and I'm not talking about like being best mates with all the biggest artists and all the biggest presenters because they can't get you any jobs look at who is producing the shows and the content you want to make who are the editors who are the head of stations who are the um, programmers um, those are the people who you need to know who they are because they're the ones who could potentially get you a meeting with the right person who could get you a gig um, and Kojo, the comedian, he said something to me very early on in my career that has just stuck with me. He said, luck is when opportunity meets preparation. So it's all good you getting in that room with the right person. But if you haven't done your research and you're not prepared, you're going to get given that opportunity. You're going to do a terrible job and then you're never going to get another opportunity from that brand again. So it's a combination of like, knowing your role inside out preparing for it researching it making content so all that those mistakes that would happen when you're with the brand you've already oh yeah i know not to do that because last time so like really like experiment and research and practice your craft and while you're doing that network so then when you're ready to reach out and go here's my show reel um can i pitch a show idea then when you come in to do a pilot, it's actually amazing. And it's not just you kind of winging it, hoping that they're gonna like you because you're funny 
when there's so much competition now that that's not enough anymore. You have to be good at your job as well as kind of have a brand. What are some of the changes you would like to see being made within radio? I just want more diversity. I want more female voices on mainstream platforms, on primetime slots, um, and also not in like stereotypical positions. So I love that like Tiffany Calver does the rap show, like perfect. Um, I want more diversity across more commercial stations. So something me and Kaylee um, Golding was talking about is the fact that you find the most diversity on the what you call the black station. So the one extras and the capital extras and or the Asian network station. We need more diversity across the radio ones, across the capitals, across the hearts, across the LBCs, across the six music, like across the kisses. We need it across all platforms to represent the UK properly. And also to just add more like, just add more layers of like interest because when you're in a room and everyone's the same, it's gonna get boring eventually. Yeah, you need that diversity both in front and behind to make sure the content you're putting out is the most exciting and um, future facing that you can make. If you could create a radio station, what would it be? And what are some of the shows you would have on the station? Oh God, that's a tough one. Um, if I was going to create my own radio station, this is going to sound so biased, but um, back when I first started, I had a feature called Charla Discovers. I'm not saying that's what the station would be called. <laughs> but the, um, the whole purpose of the feature was, and even it turned into a show at the Roundhouse, was I would only play music that had not been played on any other station. So if I was to create my own station, I would really challenge the DJs and presenters that we are not playing chart music. I don't care if Stormzy's just dropped a track. Like the whole concept of it was to really find, because there's so much music that gets lost. There's so much music that just gets lost in the source never gets the proper exposure it should. I know so many talented artists who've never had national radio play. And it's like, why is there not a station just purely dedicated to those artists? And some of the more smaller community stations do that, but I would want it to be on a national level. I would want a national station that plays music that no other station is playing across all, all genres from like black culture, um, and just, yeah, really champion some of those underground artists, not because they're, they're trending, because they could have 200 followers. I don't care. It's about the quality of the music. Um, and that's how I've managed to champion people like Nadia Rose and Notes and Flahio and Be Young and give them their first interviews, because before the hype, I found them when they were just small artists. And that's the thing. Like every artist has the potential to blow, but we don't need to give any more airtime to those artists that are already charting. What has been the highlight of your career so far? Ooh, I feel like there's been three. So the first one was back in 2015 and I got to present internationally at Fresh Island Festival. I got to go and interview artists and that was amazing having my presenting allow me to travel like that. I love traveling. So that combination. 
Um, the second one was last year, being nominated for the New Voice Award at the Audio Production Awards. I didn't win, but just to be nominated, the competition was so high, and to even be like shortlisted in the nominations, I was really proud of that. And then obviously this year, the big highlight was my first show with Reese Parkinson, who's my represent brother, um, on One Extra Talks, having my voice on a national platform as a co-host. Like it, it still hasn't sunk in. I'm doing the show every week, but like I still haven't really digested that I've taken that big step from community to national. Um, I don't know when it was sinking. I don't know, but it's... It's amazing because I know how many years I've put into this to now finally be on a on a national platform. What would be your number one top tip for me? My number one top tip. I think it's funny because you're still so early on in your career, but you've actually done so much as well. So I would say continue to like, my mum used to say, say yes to everything and figure it out afterwards. And I still have that mentality. <laughs> Um, so continue to do as much different experiences as possible because the thing is you never know what thing is going to open the door that you really want like when I got called on to do this one extra pitch initially it was just as a producer and it was in the development of the pitch that they said we think Reese needs a co-host and Charlotte we know you're an experienced presenter so I never knew that signing up to this one extra pitch was going to lead to me being an on-air voice and if I'd have been like, oh, I don't need to produce, I'm already, um, I'm already producing. Like I was producing on the weekends, freelance. Um, I wouldn't have had the opportunity I have now. So I would say, say yes to everything and figure it out afterwards because you never know which one. I know you're, you're very passionate about producing and presenting, but you never know which lane is going to actually get you to like that, that proper goal that you have in your mind of what you want to do next. Um, yeah, just say yes to everything. And try not to work for free too much. Like, I think you're building a CV now to a point where even if it's just, like, minimum wage, you can start properly charging. I did a lot of free work. And after about three years, I said, right, I'm not doing it anymore. And I do still do the odd thing as, like, a favour or make traits, but I'm getting more and more to a point that that's, like, I have to be super passionate about it to do it for free. So put some value on what you've done so far and make sure that you get compensated for the work you're doing. Thank you to Sala for that wonderful and insightful conversation. Sala is one of the amazing people who helped me start my journey into radio. You can catch Sala alongside Richie Brave on One Extra Talks every Sunday at 9pm. If you enjoyed today's episode, then make sure you subscribe to the Radio in Colour podcast. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Radio in Colour. Radio in Colour is presented and produced by me, Demarque Williams. And I'll be back very soon with Kaylee Golding and Swazi McCarley. Until then, take care. <laughs>